want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Boys Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 23 of the big show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. It's brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you guys very much for tuning in here on another uh, another Wednesday. Um, throwing a little bit of a curveball at you. Um, I know normally we do Sunday as the uh, kind of the vault day. We go back and check out one of my old player interviews. Um, gonna have to sneak one in on you here today as well. Um, I had a guest lined up. I'm recording this obviously on Tuesday night. Um, it was supposed to be for tonight. Um, and uh, no showed. So, uh, you know, I had kind of, I kind of figured I'd have new content for you, but, uh, um, I don't really know what happened in the process of, uh, getting a hold of them, but, uh, yeah, so that, that's happening or not happening, I guess. So I will, uh, um, I hate to, you know, throw a rerun in as I, as I know Wednesday's supposed to be kind of new content day, but, uh, you know, between, uh, working this weekend and just general busyness and like I said, uh, Poor planning on my part. I should have. I should have got it done sooner. But uh, you know, whatever. Life goes on. Um, nonetheless, here we have an episode for you. So uh, you know, and uh, I think uh, we're going to throw in uh, Jeremy Thompson. Um, he was a he was a great guest. Uh, you know, played uh, in the Western Hockey League and then went on and played uh, pro in the East Coast and uh, in the, in the Central. And uh, and he shared some great stories. And uh, I like the person. I like the one where. He, created the NHL rumor for all the media to pick up on. Anytime you're messing with the media is always a fun part. So, but, um, yeah. So like I said, this, I think you got, if you didn't have a chance to, uh, to listen to Jeremy the first time around, this will be, uh, uh, I think you guys will really dig this. Actually, it was a, it was a fun interview and, uh, and actually I really want to get Jeremy on again. There's a few more questions I'd like to ask him in a, a little more time. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I won't, uh, yap at you too long today. Um, I hope everybody, uh, you know, staying safe out there. And, uh, also, of course, I have to, uh, throw out, um, you know, with the, with the season, it looks like, what are they, training camps are, are going. So it looks like the season's going to be starting here soon. Of course, here at the, at the network, I mean, they have every, uh, podcast for every NHL team. So, uh, the network's going to be, uh, each of the boys are going to be hopping here right away as, uh, you know, as, as the season fires up and, um, the round robin or whatever the hell they're doing. Uh, to be completely honest, I haven't paid any attention to it, but I know they're playing. So, but, uh, other than that, you got Terry Ryan on the channel. I mean, TR always, uh, always has a great guest. And, uh, and outside of the network, I would say Alec over at Five for Fighting. I think he's releasing his Chris McAllister interview here right away. And then, um, Joe over the Coliseum Chronicles. You just had Eric Bolton on, so uh, that'll be good. And then, of course, uh, Rob over at the uh, Bucket Drop podcast. And if you haven't, go uh, hit Rob up on Twitter and uh, 
ask him about a bucket drop hat. All the money goes to the uh, Children's Abuse Center in Ontario. So, um, you know, it's a great cause. And, uh, and, it's, and I got my hat here. It's not a bad looking chapeau, actually. So, uh, you know, like I said, the money goes for a great cause. So hopefully you guys out there listening will, will go do that. And, uh, other than that, I mean, you know, I got to do my ad read as they call it, but I call it an ad suggestion. Coolhockey.com. Of course, with the season just about to start up again, everybody's in that jersey mood, team mood. <coughs> Pardon me. And, um, you know, and I, I got a pretty good deal here for you. Um, you know, they've been around since 1999, NHLPA endorsed. Uh, you can just go to the website, get all the teams there, pick out whatever jersey you want, whatever name and number you want on the back. You can be creative or you can have an actual player name and it can be all hand knitted and sewn or whatever they call it. The authentic. So it's like the exact, it's, it's the exact stuff the players wear. You know, none of this knockoff stuff. It's got the fight strap, the whole nine yards. And, uh, right, 30% off free shipping. So, I, like I always said, I typed it in, did the custom thing. 180 bucks Canadian. Right out of Toronto. How, what more can one man deliver for you? You know, and uh, I think that's a pretty good deal. Because, like I always, the example I always used is uh, when I was at the mall there in Midtown Mall, Jersey City. You know, they had Crosby and all these jerseys. $300 they wanted for them. You know, and like I said, you don't even get to pick what player you want. I mean, it's just whoever the star, you know, and it's always the star, you know, Eichel and Crosby and, you know, McDavid and, you know, whatever, right? So, um, yeah, if you wanted anybody outside of that, God knows what you'd be paying. So, but with this, like I said, uh, 180 bucks, ship it, free shipping. Can't beat that with a stick. So there you go. Coolhockey.com. Check it out. And you have to use the uh, promo code TH. PN at checkout the hockey podcast network and that'll uh that'll get you your discount and uh little money in the network's pocket jeez <laughs> um, a little uh little money in the network's pocket and uh to you know to uh keep all these uh websites and all of us all of us going they got to pay the bill keep the lights on so uh yeah i mean you're buying the jersey anyway so just you know why not why not help us out but uh, there, there's my ad suggestion. But uh, yeah, like I said, I'll keep it short today, guys. But here, here is my uh, interview with Jeremy Thompson. I know you guys will dig it, you know. And uh, yeah, and I will uh, talk to you guys on Sunday. All right, all right. On the line here on the uh, Fourth Line Voice Podcast from downtown Calgary, uh, Jeremy Thompson. Jeremy, how you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks well, for having me. Hey, th- thanks for answering my phone call. Well, like I was saying off the air, we're uh, you know we're just going to kind of kind of timeline your career, and uh, you know we'll uh, talk about the different teams, the leagues, the teammates, and opponents, and uh, and all that fun stuff. Oh yeah, I can't wait. So, so I wanted to ask you initially. You have a boxing background, correct? Actually, uh, my brothers do. I was a, I was a wrestler. Okay. I, uh, I won uh, provincials twice in uh, uh, Winter Games in Alberta as a wrestler. So okay, well there. You, well. But uh, I did I did spar with my brothers, did do some boxing, and then actually uh, the one summer when I lived in Austin, I uh, worked out at a at a boxing club there and uh, got to train with with some pretty name pretty good name boxers back then. So so well, it's, so like. Uh, Obviously, like, uh, combat wasn't completely foreign to you when you stepped on the ice and, uh, at 15 years old in the, uh, in junior B in Kootenay. No, no, it was, uh, it was definitely something that I could, 
I did I didn't have a problem with even that even only being 160 pounds then so well that's like that's quite the step though at 15 to be playing junior B uh you know because you're playing against like 20 year olds correct in Kootenai at that time oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah well, definitely uh you know trail had some older guys Cranbrook had some older guys yeah um you know I I, I was playing uh, between Columbia Valley and Castlegar that year uh, Dave Kamick was one, was one of my roommates, uh, who went on to be a pretty tough guy in the Western League. Him and guys remember him and his brother, Chad. So, uh, they were, <laughs> it, it was a tough league. Yep. And, you know, I, uh, I, I ended up there. I, the year before I played Bantam and half a year midget back in White Court. And growing up in White Court, our junior B team, it wasn't much for, uh, for the game of hockey. It was more about the fights and, you know, so, as kids, when we were we were there, we were there for the fights, not the game. And uh, I actually just even go farther back when we lived in Quinell, my my cousin played for the Millionaires, and there was so much fighting back then that my dad actually uh, wouldn't take us to the game after after my cousin got traded to Vernon. So, but backtracking to Junior B, uh, I ended up in uh, in Vermeer. Uh, I went and tried out when I was 15 for the Vernon Lakers. I got a tryout with the Vernon Lakers and had a great camp and uh, scored a, actually scored a few goals. And then uh, the, my, I think it was my second last shift of the camp, I ended up beating up a 20-year-old. And next thing you know, they're, hey, we want you, you know, we want you to play here. We want to affiliate you and all these things. And, you know, here I thought because I was a player, but it was all because I beat up a 20-year-old when I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> now, just um... – yeah, and like, well, and and to just think about that nowadays is just uh, is just crazy that a fifteen year old would be playing, uh, you know, at that level. Well, at that in that league at that time with the with as as rough as it was, um, like how many, like did the kind did you, like was it? I guess just bat, baptism by fire. How many tilts did you get into that year? I you know what I only played in twenty five games. Yeah, and uh, I think I had probably maybe twelve fights, thirteen fights, but. Um, you know, it was just, it, you got kicked out of the game too, right? If yep. you fought. So, yep. uh, and, you know, we were, we typically went with three lines and, you know, it wasn't worth getting kicked out <laughs> right away. So now did and, you... and being the 15 year old smaller guy and having some, you know, older guys that fought lots, I, it was more, I was more, I guess, uh, an understudy than anything then. So, yeah. But did you find that, um, that it, that you it came easy like not easy you know what I'm saying did you you took to it right away or was it sort of like you were, were you still hesitant like oh, I don't know about this or oh no it came naturally yeah um, and you know growing up with Rocky and Cody we fought nonstop and yep uh, you know they they joked that even to this day with my nephews and my kids that uh, they used to call me the Hulk because I go from Banner to Hulk in ten seconds if it pissed me off so. <laughs> <laughs> and and being the oldest, you know, I like I even I had a nephew lipping off one day, and I said, "Do you think your dad's tough?" And one of Rock's boys, and he's like, "Yeah." And I said, "Well, like, just remember, I was the guy that used to make him cry." So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I know the older but, sibling role. I know it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, my when my dad played played some junior, and you know, he he fought too back then, and you know, back in the early seventies. So you know, it was something that came natural and. Wrestling and boxing, it, it just is what we did. So, yeah. So, uh, so from 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 there, 
Then at 16, you went and played in the Rocky Mountain League, correct? Yeah. So at 16, I got a, I got a tryout with the uh, Portland Winterhawks and ended up, they protected me. Uh, I wasn't going to make that team as a 16-year-old. They, they had a, uh, I'm trying to remember, they had Adam Deadmarsh, who him and I fought a couple times in the Kootenai, in the KIJHL because he played in Beaver Valley as a 15-year-old. Okay. So uh, we, fought, I think we ended up fighting a couple times at training camp, and so they protected me. They had a couple 16-year-olds that were really good, and they sent me to uh, Kimberly, where that was their affiliate team. So I uh, yep. played with guys like Jason Weimer and yep. a few other names like that. So, well, and I mean, you have to have some crazy stories from the from their old Rocky Mountain League. Oh yeah, like I yeah. Uh, I think I played 40 games or something, and I had 300 penalty minutes. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, at, at this yeah, point, at this point, you're fully invested in like in the tough guy role. Uh, you know, yeah, I, you know, I was really starting to, you know, do that more, and uh, you know, I still played a regular shift, but it definitely turned into something where we uh, we were doing more of more of that. So, or I was anyway, and. Uh, uh, I remember we we had a trip. It was our Pacific, it was our northern swing when we played the old PCJHL between Prince George, Quinnell, and uh, Williams Lake. I had two fights every night, and I I can't remember the guy's name, but there was a guy in Williams Lake, and he might have been one of the toughest guys I ever fought. And uh, you know, as I got older and played at a higher level, there was more guys, but. Uh, it was definitely uh, he was he was tough, and we went toe to toe for over a minute. And you know, I think I think I probably had a concussion, never diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure my head was rattled, and uh, I guess I broke his orbital bone. And it was just one of those that uh, it uh, it was one of those epic fights that I ran into an old teammate in Cranbrook last summer, and the first thing he brought up, I remember that fight in Williams Lake. So, yeah. Wow, like you said, there there was a reason it was called uh, the ju- the jungle, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and like Quinnell had Sheldon Surrey and Terry Ryan then, who ended up becoming my teammates a couple of years later in Tri Cities. Uh, but there was a guy I, uh, I to this day I still I'll still remember him because my nose is a mess because of him. His name was Mike Menace. He played in Cranbrook, and uh, he caught me with uh, with the right, and my visor came in and busted my nose, and he hit me again and. I was, uh, it was like a dam broke. The blood coming out of my nose was, I'd never, I'd never experienced anything like that before or since, so. You, you always remember the, there's, there's always one, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you, well, you brought up Terry Ryan and, and, and Surrey. At that time when you were playing with them, could you just tell that there was just something about those two? Oh, yeah. Like they're, you know, they, they were, they, they had, they, you know, they, had a you know that 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 combination of skill and toughness and uh you know yeah uh we in tri-cities we had such a good team those those years that uh you know like damon lankow and yep. you know and then we, we actually traded surrey that year and uh, to prince george and then we ended up getting uh, uh a guy named rob butts if, if people remember him and uh alex boykoff and and who else did we got we got our David Tropmingoff. We had, you know, we made our team better when we traded Surrey. If you can believe that, so yeah. But yeah, Sheldon Sheldon was amazing too, and 
just like uh, just like us, he's uh, another Métis kid from northern Alberta that, uh, you know, used, uh, used his toughness to get him to a point where he could uh, show he could play the game. So, uh, yeah, guy had a hell of a career for sure. Yeah, and and he uh, he broke my shin pads in practice with a slapper, <laughs> and I had a bruise for about two weeks <laughs> on my shin. So yeah, well there you go. Well, so from uh, so from the junior leagues in BC, I believe ninety two ninety three, you played for the Lloyd Minster Blazers, correct? I did. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and the- we had. Uh, we had a, our, our coach might have been the toughest guy on the team, if it's hard to believe, but uh, uh, old Patty McGill. Yeah. And uh, he, we, uh, we had myself, uh, and like I don't even think I was the one of the, I was tough on that team when you looked at the guys we had. Uh, we had a guy named Red Dudley. Uh, we had Kent Staniforth. We had Glenn Webster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was, there were some other guys that, uh, you know, had, you know, played, you know, just played their junior career and, you know, they. You know, we just had we had a really tough team, and you know, when we played olds, it was you know there'd be six, seven fights at the end of the game. Like it just was every night. We knew an old going to olds that someone was fight. You're fighting somebody. So yeah, well, I've talked to Stan Kent a few times. Kent, if you're listening, you got to come on the show. I've been telling him he's got to come on here. I even stopped at his tire place to beg him to come on the show. <laughs> He keeps saying, so, "If I get desperate enough, he'll do it." But uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll next time I talk to him, I'll, I'll bust his jobs too. Yeah, but, uh, but no, the, Stan the, has come a long way. He was working at he was working for our assistant coach at Cal Tire or not Cal Tire at uh, Fountain Tire in Lloyd when we were playing there. So you know he's uh, he's done well for himself, and he's a good guy. And whenever I'm in Lloyd, I always say hi. So oh yeah, I had to stop by, and yeah, no, Stanny's been great, and I was a big fan of him and Moose Jaw. I can remember him playing back then, and. Uh, yeah, I'd love to have him on. But the name he has thrown out to me a few times was Glenn Webster. What do you have any stories about him? Because I've heard quite he was quite the uh, he could, he could bring it. Oh, he, he was a he was a lefty, and he he threw bombs like they were like every punch was he was going to knock you out, you know, knock you out with it. And um, actually, the the one it, there was a couple. I think it was against uh, Bonneville. He he pumped someone pretty good one night and. You know, then their bench was chirping, and then it was like we ended up in a brawl. And I think that's when Stanley ended up in seven with the seven game suspension because I went crazy. And then Webby, they had the both linesmen to take him out. And, but uh, the one I really remember of Glenn Webster is he tomahawked a guy in St. Albert, and then he beat up half the team. <laughs> and then he was suspended for 10 games. So. Yeah, I was funny. It was there was a follower on Twitter from Lloyd, and he had he had chimed in. I can't. I was talking to Staniforth about something, and he chimed in. And he said Staniforth and Webster should have keys to that goddamn city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and, and they that that was that was one of the tougher teams too. And uh, you know, it was if we were losing, you 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 were going to pay the price. Yeah. And we had we had a young we had a young fifteen year old there that. Uh, you know, he went on to have a pretty good career. His name was Wade Redden. You're reading my and, notes. Uh, I have. I was just about to ask you about him. Yep. And uh, Red's, uh, he uh, he didn't fight a whole lot. He didn't have to, for one. If anybody even came near him, half the team was after him. But I, I he the hardest hit I've ever seen, and I got hit pretty hard, and I've hit guys pretty hard. Wade Redden stepped up off a face off, caught a guy coming across the middle with the puck, and this guy's leg, his feet went straight out. And his ass hit the ice, and it was like he was done. He was out cold, and we're all like, "Who hit him?" And it was like that was Redden. Like, 
the kid the kid was awesome even at 15 he was he was an all-star like like you could just tell destined oh yeah yeah and then the next year he went to brandon i was in medicine hat and yep. you know he just he just got better and better and i always i always get upset when i see people put him down near the end of his career because you know that guy that guy was one of the best defensemen ever so absolutely in my eyes anyway no i i i'm right there with you for sure <laughs> Um, well, so 93-94, here we go. We roll into the Western Hockey League. How did you, uh, uh, you're 18, you roll into Medicine Hat. How did you end up in Medicine Hat? So uh, when I was 17, uh, when I ended up in Lloyd, uh, Portland Portland released me. They they, they said, you know, they I wasn't going to make that team. They were first place. They were, you know, really good team. So I wasn't going to make that team. Uh, Rocky was picked up uh, that that. Uh, spring uh he didn't get drafted but he got picked up by the taggers and uh the taggers had a really you know they went through some coaches the year before uh things weren't good they brought in bob lokes and my dad's like hey you know i got another son he's playing you know played tier two the last couple years so i ended up getting the tryout and the funny story is i didn't even want to go i was going to go back to lloyd i was happy i was fine and you know after a big argument with my dad i decided to go to medicine hat and you know, I was pissed off, and uh, Bob uh, uh, Bob Green, who now is with the Oilers, uh, he was the GM of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings for a number of years, uh, was a scout for the Tigers back then. And he still laughs to this day. I saw him at the draft with Rocky in Dallas this summer, and he he, he said he'll never forget me because he, he was the only guy that ever came to camp that said this. And so I was doing, you know, your height and weight and everything, and you know, being pissed off and angry and not wanting to be there. I didn't give a shit. And I, he's like, my dad's like, hey, put your feet together. You'll be taller. And, and he, Bob's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no one's going to care if I'm 5'11 or if I'm 5'10. I'm not here about my height. So what does it matter? And Bob kind of chuckled, and I came in at 5'10 and a half, and I'm like, whatever. And I said, all you're going to care about is what I do on the ice. So, And Bob still laughs today about, you know, he'd never heard anybody say that at a, at a training camp. So... <laughs> well, man, you guys had a you guys had a tough team. Um, I mean, obviously with you and Rocky, but I'm just going to throw some names at you, and uh, we'll talk about Rocky at the end here. But uh, I'm just going to throw yeah, Jeremy Schaefer, Justin Hawking, uh, Jared Eric, and then my boy Lauren Taze. I was a huge Lauren Taze fan. You got any stories about Lauren? You know what, uh, Lorne and I are still good friends to this day, uh, and uh, we actually coached minor hockey together, our daughters played for a couple years together, and uh, Lorne is a beauty, and uh, that that year, his 20-year-old year, he didn't fight a whole lot, and the only fight I remember him really was, I think it was Peter Cox from Victoria, and they had fought lots over the years, but Lorne scored 40 goals that year. Yep. So he, he ended up playing on a line with uh, Stacey Roost and Josh Green, and they clicked from day one. And, you know, Lorne, Lorne was awesome. But, uh, yeah, we uh, we had some fun. Lorne, uh, if you ever need a wet wipe, Lorne's got one. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and a... and, and it was, he, he was a beauty. He's, just, he's you know, I just love Lorne. So. Yeah, he uh... – well, here's another guy, yeah, and he, he went on and played the minors for a long time, was uh, was Justin Hawking. I know he was a high-end draft pick, too. Uh, do you, what are your memories of him? Uh, Hawk was tough, and he, 
and there was yep. a lot, there wasn't a lot of guys that really wanted to fight him. And uh, you know, he was so big. And I remember him chasing Brad Church around the ice one night. Uh, we had a brawl against Prince Albert, and this goes back to the the game that forever put Rocky and I in the the, the hearts of Tiger fans. Yeah, uh, we had that. We had the fight with Shuara and Bowers to start the game. Uh, Lorne had a hat trick that night, and I think I had three fights. Rocky had two fights, but at the end of the game, uh, I ended up off a face off in a fight with Steve Kelly, and then it started a line brawl. And we had Steve Cherid, Eric, and Justin Hawking chasing uh, Brad Church around the ice. <laughs> and uh, no one wanted anything to do with Hawk. No, I could, I know he had, uh, he had a, like, being out here in Saskatoon, I mean, we, you know, and for people listening, I mean, this is, you know, we're talking early 90s, so there's no internet or YouTube or anything like that. But, I mean, we had heard all the stories about Hawking. And uh, I always get mad because when you come to Sas, he'd never fight in Saskatoon, but it was like the next night he'd fight in PA. It was like, oh, you know. Well, when when we played PA, it didn't matter if it was in Medicine Hat or in PA, it was going to be a brawl. Yes, yeah. And like there was going to be a ton of fights, and you know it was just it was one of these things that you just knew. Okay, PA, we're you know there's it, you know you're putting the foil on tonight. So yeah. Well, just kind of just kind of going through your because you had uh, how many? Well, they have you listed at twenty eight fights, but you were saying it was you're at thirty thirty. Yeah, it would have been closer to thirty five. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a, I think the, I think the one only has one fight with Pete Vandermeer, but I think Vandermeer ended up fighting three or four times that year. Yeah, well, I know I have the video of one of one of them. Yeah. Well, just to kind of go through some of the guys you fought, I know uh, some of the videos out there, um, but a name that sticks out right away. Of course, is Jerome Ginla. Yeah, and we we fought in Medicine Hat, and yeah. it was off a face off, and uh, I ended up getting tossed from that game. Uh, I cut him, and then they they were trying to say I gouged him, but you know I, I I to this day I deny it, and you know, but it was a, it was a good fight, and you know we went. I was throwing lefts, he was throwing rights. We switched up a number of times, and. You know, Iggy and I ended up fighting probably three or four more times when I was in Tri Cities, and then uh, a couple times in the playoffs. Couple, you know, it was it was great because whenever I played against Jerome, he typically I was on the you know my line played against his line, and Darcy Tucker was the center. And for people who remember Darcy Tucker from the Western League, he wasn't the player he was in the NHL. Uh, you know, he had 135, 140 points. Yep. But Darcy was a rat. You know, he, he wouldn't fight, you know, he'd, he'd run around, but he wouldn't fight. So if you went after Darcy, you usually ended up fighting, you know, somebody or a Ginla. And in my case, a lot of times it was Iggy because it just happened Iggy was on the ice, right? So. Yeah. Well, because that, that was, I think you're reading my questions here. That was going to be my question because I read you had a match penalty in that fight. Well, the statute of limitations is up. Did you, did you, did you really gouge him or did you not? No, I didn't. I, I didn't gouge him. Like <laughs> there was a point where I, you know. I probably rubbed my fist a little bit more, but I never, I never actually gouged them. I don't think I ever gouged anybody. No, so I'm just bugging. I, I did some dirty things over the years. I'm gonna be the first to admit it. I, you know, lived and died by the sword, but yeah, um, yeah. You know, typically, that stuff I didn't do. So, well, well, a name you brought up before, and like you said, you fought him a few times, and I mean, and the family's like, I think that whole family's tough. But was uh, was Pete Vandermeer 
Um, you got any stories fighting him? You know what? It, it, you 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 knew when you're fighting Pete that it was going to be a long fight, and you probably weren't going to get the best of him because that guy had one of the toughest chins of anybody I've ever seen, and he he had so much stamina like he never quit. So I seen I seen Rock fight him and you know and give it to him pretty good and him not go down. Yeah. And but yeah, Pete and I fought quite a bit, and then. Uh, uh, you know, and, and I played against his brothers in the minors too. And, yep. you know, that's, uh, I think between Rocky and I, we probably fought Pete 10, 12 times minimum. So the Thompsons versus the Vandermeers, that'd be a hell of a tag team. That'd be a good bout. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they, they used to joke about it too. Cause my youngest brother was in, came up to the East coast, like never played a game, but he was there and we're like, geez, you know, need to get him in a game against Richland. So we Richmond, so we could fight the Vandermeers. There you go. Um, well, and another, um, well, another big dude here. I've never seen this fight. I want to ask you about him because, of course, he went on to have a hell of an NHL career. Was uh, Brendan Witt? How'd that fight go? Do you remember? Ah, uh, you know what? It was it was it was more of a wrestling match than anything. Yeah. So, uh, it was off a hit, and then we kind of dropped the gloves, and you know, hit, hit each other a couple times, and then it was more, you know, you know. Yeah. Witt did, you know, from what I re- like, I didn't play a whole lot against. I think we only played him twice that year, and then he was in the NHL next year, but yep. uh, it was one of these that I came across the ice. I saw him stepped up. So I kind of, I kind of jumped up to hit, you know, to take the hit and knocked him down. He got up, kind of pushed me. And then next, you know, we kind of dropped the gloves and, you know, that was, you yep. know, it was one of those. So, yeah. Well, I got one last one to ask you about before we, uh, before we uh, move on from medicine hat, it was uh, March 13th against the Swift current Broncos. And I and I'm a huge fan of this guy, but I mean I know people hate him, but he is a tough little bastard. It was Tyler Willis? Do you remember how your fight with Willie went? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. That was the that was the TSN game too. Uh, that was our only TSN game that year, and uh, you know I uh, I remember the pregame interview uh, with uh, who was I'm trying to remember who was doing that. They might have even been Gord Miller that was doing the game, uh, and I said, yeah, you know. You, you watch, we'll have something going in the, in the first couple minutes of that game. And, uh, it actually, it all started pretty innocently, uh, line change on our bench and my line mate, Brad Wilson, uh, I forget, I forget who he ran over, just annihilated somebody. So Willis came in after him. So I ended up grabbing, uh, Tyler and then we, we, uh, were fighting along the, the boards and a brawl, brawl broke out simultaneously as we started fighting and, you know, I think for that fight, I probably got the best of them because um, I, I unloaded a lot of lefts. But I tell you what, he was he was tough, and I think that was the only time we ever fought. But uh, he played with Rocky, and uh, he told Rock that uh, uh, he thought I was crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that was that the game when Horvath drills Rocky. Yes, the, yeah. When, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. That looked brutal. I couldn't believe Rocky got up from that. Oh. Yeah, it looked worse than it was, so. Yeah. But, man, he hit those boards hard. Um, well, I was going to ask, because this was the only year you actually played with him. How, how uh, like, was it, uh, how fun was it to play with your brother? Oh, it, it was great. Uh, we, you know, we had a blast. And, you know, I, obviously, I had, I had left home three years earlier. So, you know, when I left home, Rock was only 12 years old. So, yeah. you know, it, it gave us a chance to, to bond more, you know, more than just brothers. And uh, we didn't live together. We lived separately. 
But, uh, you know, we did spend a lot of time together. And that, that team was, with the exception of a couple guys, we were just a band of mis- misfits. You know, like, yeah. you know, they, they, they had lost David Cooper and uh, Clayton Norris and a couple other guys the year before. Mike Rapjay, you know, uh, Nita Meyer. So all these, all, you know, the guys that they had that were really good were gone. And, you know, Stacey Roos was kind of our only scorer that year. And uh, it, was, uh, it was fun. You know, like we had the, Rocky and I had the fight against, uh, you know, PA that everybody remembers to this day in Medicine Hat. Um, There was one in Lethbridge. I was going to fight Brant Myers, and out of nowhere, Rocky runs me over and ends up fighting Brant Myers. (laughs) And, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, there was a, you know, we were always on the ice together. So when anything broke broke out, we were out there together. So um, it's, uh, it was, it was definitely fun. Yeah, and anybody listening, go to uh, Fourth Line Voice, the YouTube channel, type in Jeremy Thompson, the fights are there, and the fight that Jeremy's talking about with Prince Albert, with Shawara and them, is on there. And, uh, yeah, I won't, I won't spoil it for anybody, but go, go watch it. The ending's pretty funny. Actually, I was just noticing before we leave here, uh, before we leave Medicine Hat, there is a name, and this guy has become kind of infamous, and he only played two games with you guys. They haven't listed two games, 21 penalty minutes. Do you remember a guy named Calvin Crow? Oh, oh yeah, I remember Crozy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think the only two games he played for us were against Prince Albert, and uh, we, I, you know, they brought him in just because they we knew we were it was it was going to be a it was going to be a fight. So, and uh, I think Crozy had two two shifts or three shifts, and he had two fights each game. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, he was uh, he was another one of those guys that uh, you know just. You know, you think about him, and you always have a good chuckle, right? So, yeah. Well, like I said, he's the all-time. He has the most penalty minutes I've ever seen any player get in any league. He holds the SJHL record with when he played in Nippon when he has 723 minutes in penalties. So, yeah. Calvin Crow, go look him up, folks. Yeah, I heard he yeah, got banned I, from I these. Against him in, oh, he might have been. I played against him in Seattle. He was in Seattle too. After yeah, that, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in Seattle for a little while. He played in the, there for a while, but then yeah, he went. He ended up in like uh, Nippon and something else, and just like eleven hundred minutes in like two seasons in the SJ, and then four hundred minutes in the East Coast League. And then I heard he got banned for life. I don't know what he did, but that's the rumor. And he never played again. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who knows what you know? To get banned for life, you had back then. You had to do something really bad. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, short of homicide, it's like yeah, back then for sure. But yeah, um, but you know. Back to Medicine Hat real quick with, with playing with Rocky. We just, we, I was, I was talking to Rocky yesterday. I was telling him I was doing the podcast and he's like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta tell, uh, some of the, uh, Lauxiisms. And, uh, uh, we, you know, like I said, we, it was, they brought Lauxie in to clean it up. And, uh, we had, we had probably nine rookies that year. And no, no one ever heard of. And, you know, I think we had four or five, 16 year olds, but, things Lucy would say were hilarious like you know he'd come in the room okay boys you know let's shake the tree and see what chickens fall out or <laughs> you know you know okay we, we got to come out there and we got to go hard 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 you know like like trucks feeding on dead babies and you know <laughs> just all these things and we're just like it just it totally fit the team we had and you know we ended up being over 500 and you know we we had home ice advantage in the first round against the current and you know we just you know we won despite the fact that no one thought we were any good. And, you know, guys like Josh Green and Henry Cooster ended up becoming, you know, drafted and, you know, playing a little bit in the NHL. And that 
or shouldn't have played at a higher level ended up playing. And then, uh, you know, we had stuff. We, we got, we lost and we got destroyed in Lethbridge one night, you know, took the two hour bus ride home and we got to the rank and it was like, you know, put your gear away and, you know, sit in your stalls. Cause you know, we're going to discuss the game. And, uh, Bob went around the room and ripped everybody a new one. And, uh, you know, then I had a couple fights, Rocky had a couple fights. I think Lorne scored a goal. So, you know, the three of us really didn't get it that bad, but, one guy, uh, Dwayne Ripley, Bob went up one side of him. And, you know, this is a young kid from, like, Shoal River, Manitoba, right? Like a town of 500 people in northern Manitoba. And Lauxie went into him and was like, you know, hey, Dwayne, you know, it's not a metropolis. You don't have to worry about getting mugged, stabbed, or raped. And so the rest of the, his, the, rest of the year, his nickname was Rapley. And, you know, <laughs> another, another guy who was a good friend of mine, Tim Keith, who works downtown Calgary, too, I see him all the time. And he broke his ribs and put on some weight and when he came back bob's like hey keith walk the fridge you turn like a battleship like you know we, we laugh about these things today but if, if you said that to kids playing today oh you'd have their agent their mom their girlfriend the girlfriend's dad and uh, their grandpa calling you saying that you know you can't you can't say those things right so oh you'd be all but, over twitter they'd just be you'd be you'd be a pariah yeah and you know it's funny we still laugh about these things when we when you know when the guys get together and uh yep it's uh <laughs> you know, it was, you know, I think it's character building, but I, uh, you know, you can't, you definitely can't say those things anymore. And, and there's some things you can't, I, I, some stories I can't tell just because, uh, you know, don't want it to haunt me down the road somewhere. So I hear but, it. Uh, I hear it. Oh, I, yeah. we- I, I did. I did one time it was in PA, PA, uh, Mark, Mark Polak set me up like on a partial breakaway. You know, I went, uh, backhand, you know, went forehand, backhand, put a top shelf on Joaquin Gage and, Guys are all like, you know, great goal, Tomer. I ain't really the whole thing. And I get to the bench. Lugsy comes over, leans over and says, nice goal. You're not Mario. Don't do it again. <laughs> so, you know, you, you knew your role. You definitely knew your role, right, with with Bob. So Yeah. Well, that's the way it was back then. I mean, uh, it was a different different time for sure. But, um, well, 94, 19, you're 94, 95. Um, you actually... What happened over the summer? You're cruising in Medicine Hat, and all of a sudden you, let, you end up with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. So came back to Medicine Hat. Uh, Bob's gone. Bob had a one-year contract. Uh, he ended up going to Tri-Cities. Uh, Tri-Cities had the same thing. It was the year before, was uh, you know they had some good, really good players, underachieved. They called it the Country Club, and so they bought, bought Bob, Bob in to clean it up. Uh, so we had a new coach. It was Perry Pern. Uh, who had spent, you know, years at Nate, you know, was very accomplished coach. And uh, I guess I didn't quite fit into his style of play. And they uh, traded me for a guy named Aaron Zeroni, who was a 50-goal guy. So, you know, uh, it helped their team. And, you know, I ended up going to Leverage and playing there for a little while. And, uh, you know, uh, got to a point there where I was sitting on the bench and, you know, I didn't even want to go out and fight because I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not contributing to the team. So what's the what's the use kind of thing. And uh, I didn't like the coach at the time and uh, him and I didn't get, get along. And uh, there was times where I just went out and started stuff because I knew he'd probably get fined. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was going to ask you before we, we won't, we won't dwell on Lethbridge, but uh, it says here in the preseason, you fought uh, Asham, Aaron Asham. How'd that go? Uh, you know what? I always had trouble with Aaron. Uh, you know, well, a we, lot of guys we had trouble similar, with Aaron. Yeah, we 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 were you know similar size players, like you know, and he he could throw both hands, and 
You know, it was uh, I fought him too when I was in Moose Jaw. When he was, I, we fought a few times when he was in, you know, later on. And it was always they were good fights, toe to toe. But you know, I, I I will I'll tip my hat. He usually got he usually got the better of me. He usually landed the one the one shot that kind of you know stumbled me a bit. So. Well, so you get traded out to uh, to Tri Cities. Were you uh, now? Well, obviously you said you weren't happy in Lethbridge, but were you happy to go to Tri Cities? Yeah, and it's it's a funny story how I ended up there. I uh, I quit in Lethbridge. Okay. So you know I'm done, and uh, I don't care what you guys do. You can keep me. You can do whatever. I'm done. I'm uh, I'm going home, and I was just, uh, I wasn't going back to White Court, but uh, I had a friend that was working was work, worked at Nakiska, and he's like, I can get you on as a lifty if you want to come here. So I'm like, I'm going to Calgary. I'm going to go work at Nakiska, so I you know I I can care less what you guys do. Uh, so I ended up calling my dad and my brother, called Rocky. I said, yeah, I just quit. I don't care what happens. And, uh, you know, they, they convinced me, don't, no, no, don't, don't do that. See if they trade you and, you know, see where it goes. Right. And then, uh, uh, the next morning I get a call. They said, you know, they, that night said, don't leave town. So I didn't leave. And I get a call the next morning. It's Tri-Cities. They had picked me up. So for, uh, for a bag of pucks. Did you notice a difference between playing in the East and the West? Uh, not really, you know. Like we had we had a tough team in Tri Cities too, so yep. it was like you know we we knew and like Seattle had some tough guys and Tacoma had some tough guys and Portland had a few had some guys that were tough. So you know it was it was you know maybe the East was a little bit tougher, but there was more teams in the East too, right? Yeah. But we ended up playing like Spokane had Kevin Sawyer and yep. and Jay Birch and uh, McCabe and a few other guys that. You know when we and we played. There was that was our rival was Spokane. So we we played them. I think we played in the two years I played in try or two you know year and a half. I think we played them like between that and playoffs and exhibition like thirty times. So you kind of got to a point where you just you just hated the guy. <laughs> yeah. And okay, we're gonna fight again, right? Yeah. Well, like you were saying, Tri Cities, like yeah, Damon Lankow, sixty-seven goals, and then Terry Ryan was there with fifty. Um, well. Everyone, everyone on social media, everything sees Terry all the time, telling his stories, and he's got his own podcast now. And I've talked to Terry a couple times. He was on my one episode. He's great to listen to, great book, and all that. But do you have any Terry Ryan stories? Uh, I'm trying to think of any Terry Ryan stories that he hasn't told. Wow, um, that might be tough. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do remember. I do remember we. We be, it was it was in the playoffs. We beat Spokane in Game Seven. Terry scored the game winner. You know, did I think he did the canoe? You yep. know, down the ice and everything happened. And uh, we had to get on the bus and head to Camelot because we had to play the next night, Game One of the of the of the Western Final. And Lousy comes in. He says, "Okay, guys, healthy. We're going to be on the bus at midnight. You know, let's let's make sure that it's all healthy food. No no pop, no chips, whatever." And so Terry pipes up. So Bob, you're saying I can't bring a Coke and uh, Doritos? Lousy lost it. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was like, oh. And I remember Damon because I sat, I sat between uh, Damon Lankow and Brent Ashcroft. Uh, so I had, you know, I had 100 goals, 120 goals on either side of me. And uh, I remember Lanks losing it. Like, why do you have to do this? <laughs> but uh, Terry always, always pushed the buttons. Uh, I remember him, uh, Ole Kolzig. Uh, the next year during the NHL lockout was skating with us. And, uh, you know, I remember Terry putting in a squid into his trapper and uh, Ole putting it in there and snapping and losing his mind. We thought he was going to kill Terry. 
but yeah, Terry, Terry was the jokester and, you know, sometimes he pushed, he pushed the limits of everybody's sanity, but, uh, you know, he was a good guy and, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's made a, he's made a career of uh, telling stories now. So yes, he has. Um, well, I'll just throw a few names at you from teammates. Um, uh, well, the guy had 21 fight, 200 minutes, but he had 25 goals too, was Chad Cabana. Yeah, Chad, uh, he's, uh, you know, we're still friends. Uh, actually, he he went on, my my wife's from Tri-Cities, and I met her there, and Cabby went on our first date, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Chad, uh, just an amazing guy, and, uh, you know, he was, he was he he was one of the best captains I played with. Like he would do whatever it took to to win and whatever for the guys, whatever for the team. And uh, you know he uh, he was a, he was a really good guy. Well, and then of course the other uh, speaking of brothers, you had uh, Ray Schultz on the team. Yeah, Sugar Ray, and uh, he was a rookie. And uh, I'm trying to think he he fought quite a bit that that year, but uh, yeah, he did. You know, not not as not as much as uh, you know as you know. Geez, we probably had four or five guys with two hundred plus penalty minutes on that team. I think so. Yeah. Well, like, just, it, it was a a tough team. Yes, it was. Well, just to kind of I'll throw some names at you, and like you're saying with the Spokane rivalry, and uh, I mean infamous how many penalty minutes. And of course, this guy went on to have a career and played in the NHL. But was Kevin Sawyer? I know you had a couple run-ins with him. How'd those go? Uh, the first one, I, I I ended up giving it to him, and then uh, the second one, I you know he he you know. Uh, he, you know, he gave it to me, you know, it was one of those that you never knew, right? Like, you, I always, I always, I always thought I had a puncher's chance that, you know, if I could take, if I could take a few that, you know, if I, all I needed to do was land one. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's what I did the one time with Kevin and, uh, we ended up fighting in the playoffs too. And then there was the, uh, incident in our bench in the playoffs, uh, where, uh, oh, I think his name was Lieb, Greg Lieb. Yep. And, uh, he got hit into our bench. And uh, Lokesy's like, okay, everybody spread out, spread out. And as he's, as you know, we no, no one's doing it in the lines of Clover. Lee ends up hitting Lokesy in the head with a stick. And so Craig Stall and I end up throwing him out, you know, throwing him out of the bench, you know, head first. And Kevin ends up coming flying over. And Craig and I end up grabbing him. And there are three or four other guys from Spokane. And ends up me, me with Sawyer. And I end up stepping on Bob Lokes's foot and, he ended up getting. He ended up having to sit on a bar stool the rest of the playoffs and the bench. And but uh, yeah, definitely we uh, we had our run-ins and uh, it, with with Kevin. You know, we were always in each other's face every game, even if we didn't fight. And uh, you know, he when he played us, he had enough guys that would fight him. So yeah. Well, another name that uh... my wife my wife actually hated him when we played against Spokane. <laughs> she hated Kevin Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I've heard a few people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Uh... Yeah, he well, he he had some battles, man. Oh man, that guy put up some numbers. But another name on your fight card that uh, people will know um, out in Tacoma was uh, Dale Purrington. Yeah, uh, Dale and I actually had a had a had a great fight. Uh, you know, one of these, you know, it was right at the blue line uh, by their bench. We, you know, we went toe. It was near the end of the game, toe to toe for probably you know close to close to fifty, sixty seconds, like and you know. I don't, I don't, I don't think you could either give, give either one of us the edge in that fight. It was just one of those where guys were just, we were just throwing to kill each other. So, well, so the season ends there, and you, and then so ninety five, ninety six, your twenty year old season. Now, are you still? 
Like you've had a few incidents where you got traded, you didn't want to do it, blah blah blah. Are you still motivated to come back, or at this point, are you kind of like I don't, I'm not quite sure? Or? No, I, I was, I was, you know, it was, uh, I was coming back. Uh, you know, we had a great playoff run the year before. You know, we're we're uh, we're a couple overtime wins away from going to the Memorial Cup, right? And yep. you know, we we had a great team, and a lot of the guys were coming back, and uh, I think to see we were ranked at the start of the season. You know, in the preseason rankings, we were ranked number one in the country, and uh, it was, uh, you know, I was definitely coming back. Uh, I had an I had an opportunity. Uh, Hampton Roads wanted me to go play in the East Coast League for them that year, but uh, I ended up uh, I ended up staying. Uh, you know, talked to Bob and Bob Brown about it, and you know, they uh, they convinced me to stay, and so uh, it was uh, it was definitely uh, you know I I thought that we could win that with that team and. Uh, it uh, it didn't start off as good as we'd like because uh, we you know a lot of guys at NHL training camp. I think we end up with eight guys or seven guys getting drafted that summer, and you know guys you know getting tryouts. And Lanks was gone for the first month of the season, and and uh, you know so things didn't start off as good as we we would have liked there. Well, and and, uh, and you only end up playing forty games there, forty two games, then you get traded to Moose Jaw. Before we get to Moose Jaw, I got to ask you because I don't. I don't have this video, and I always wanted to ask you. In Tri-Cities, you fought a big kid in Kelowna named Scott Parker. Now, do you remember that fight, and how did it oh, go? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, actually, it's funny. Is he, 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 was a, he, was, he was a kid then. Too. He might have been 17. Yeah. And I, I'll never forget, because he, uh, you know, he comes over, and he's like, you know, you want to go? And I'm like, you know, whatever, you know, take a hike, kid, right? You know, kind of thing, and. And he's like, no, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, whatever, okay, let's go. We squared off. Uh, it was in Tri-Cities. And uh, I think a lot of guys like Scott, you know, a lot of those bigger guys didn't realize how long my arms were. So they thought they were going to grab me and keep me outside. And I remember with Scott, uh, you know, he hit me a couple times. I got inside, but I caught him with an uppercut. And I actually think I, I, think I have the fight at home. Uh, on 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 tape, but I caught him with an uppercut, and his knee straightened right up, and then he grabbed on, and then that was that's kind of the end of the fight. You got his attention. Well, yeah. and, and another fight, and I'm he, like, and I'm like, okay, kid, now now you know. So, <laughs> yep, that's a it's a learning curve, right? It's a learning curve. Oh yeah, because um, well then, um, well and then like you said, and all of a sudden you got traded to the Moose Jaw Warriors. Now was that. Uh, did you ask for it, or was it out of the like? Were you surprised by the move, or no? I uh, actually, Bob Brown and I talked uh, before the trade deadline, and uh, I got to a point where I wasn't playing much. I uh, actually got hurt early in the season, and then uh, we picked up a couple players, and lengths came back, and my ice time just slowly decreased. And uh, you know, my my good buddy Craig Stahl, who we were, you know, they called us the Indian Outlaws in Tri Cities, and you know. Craig, uh, Craig, Craig, and I weren't playing much, you know, just, you know, near near Christmas time, and uh, uh, I just got to a point where, you know, if you're not going to play me, you know, and you can make the team better, you know, you know, I'm fine if you move me. So, yeah. So uh, and so they ended up trading me for, uh, oh God, who was it? Uh, he he was a forty goal. I, I keep getting, I always got traded for these guys that can score goals. Wow. So. <laughs> You know, it always worked out okay, but uh, well, but yeah, and, you know, I was I was all good with it. You know, uh, 
you know, my, I, you know, I think it probably hurt my wife more than it hurt me, but you know, it was, uh, it was part of the game and we understood it. And, you know, I, uh, I went to Moose Jaw and got to play for Al Tour. So, well, I was going to say what, so we'll start there, right there, that name. How was Al to, uh, to play for? Uh, Al, Al was awesome. Um, got along great with him. I was the only overage, uh, when, when I got traded there. So, you know, it was, uh, you know, made me a captain, you know, one of the captains right away. And, you know, uh, funny, my first game in Regina, uh, both Caleb Toth and I got traded there the same day. And Caleb ends up in a fight in the first period and I score a goal. And Al was like, this is not what I traded for. So, you know, it was, it was pretty good. And then, uh, I think my, my next game, the next game we were in Moose I think I fought Josh Dobbin. Yes, he did. And, uh, you know, it was one of these, I don't, I don't even know if he threw a punch. Like he, I got in right away and tied up and I started throwing laps and spinning. And it was, you know, I knew he was, he was a young, he was, he was maybe 16 or 17 too. So, you know, I, I, I got, I got an opportunity to fight some of these guys when they were younger and smaller. So, <laughs> Hey, well, the fight after Dobbin, a couple nights later at Moose Jaw, you fought Belak. Wade, how did that go? Uh, actually, that was uh, another one of these fights where it was a marathon. Uh, he was throwing rights. I was throwing lefts. And this actually stemmed from our game in Tri-Cities when I was in Tri. So, um, you know, I kind of went after Belak and he didn't want to fight, you know, and, you know, I just, uh, I kind of jumped him and, you know, it was one of those. And, uh, so I knew when we played them that we were going to fight and it happened behind the net. And, uh, I, uh, my jaw was sore for about two weeks after that. Yeah. He's uh well, a guy I wanted to ask you about before we uh, move away from your junior was uh, a teammate of yours and ended up having a heck of an NHL career and a tough dude was, uh, Reed Lowe. Do you have any stories of Reed? Uh, you know, yeah, Reed was a rookie in, yep. uh, in, yep. uh, in Moose Jaw. Uh, I used to call him Speed Slow. That's his and, Twitter uh, handle, I think, too. It, it might be, yeah. So we used to, you know, I wasn't one of the, I wasn't the only guy, but uh, yeah, Reed. I remember, you know, Reed was like, "Okay, I'm going to fight Rocky. I'm going to fight Rocky." And you know, what should I do? And I just said, "Hold on." <laughs> like, you know, he, you know, whatever you do, he's going to counter. And I said, "He's tough to hit, and uh, if you piss him off, it's going to make it even worse." So. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, he, he definitely, you know, he was, I think he was 17 and, you know, he, he wanted to learn and he was definitely going to play the role. And, uh, you know, he, he ended up having a good career for himself. And I actually, I got a text from him a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, and he sent me a picture of, uh, that he got from someone of him and Rocky fighting. So, uh, so I ended up passing that on to Rock. But yeah, Reed was, Reed was good. Uh, I used to, I used to screw with his equipment though in the room too some days. So. <laughs> Reed, if you're listening, it was Jeremy. Yeah, I don't know if it was with me, but it was me usually screwing with this stuff. So, well, so you guys didn't make the playoffs that year. So at the end of the year, it says here you end up in the East Coast League playing for the Nashville Knights. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, I think I ended up fighting uh, Ryan Vandenbush. Not Ryan Vandenbush. uh, Well, what's his name? Ryan Vandenberg. Yep. And then uh, Jerome Bichard, uh, and uh, and Doug Searle. Well, I laugh, and also you you played three and regular. I think I had four goals too. So. I was about to say you had three regular season and five uh, playoffs. All of a sudden, uh, eight games, you got four goals. You must be thinking this pro shit's pretty easy after that. Oh yeah, it's like geez, I you know I don't have to wear I don't have to wear a helmet and warm up, and you know, I'm playing I'm playing on a line. I'm play, I actually it worked out great because I get there and I'm playing on a line with uh, uh, first of all with Lou Francis Getty, 
Nice. Uh, and he must have been 39 or 40 years old then. And uh, he ended up having a bad hip or a bad groin. So he didn't, he didn't play in playoffs. But I ended up playing with uh, Glenn Metropolit, who went on to play in the NHL for a number of years. And uh, another guy named Joel Quind, uh, not Joel Quinville, but uh, uh, Kevin Quinville. So yeah. we just, we just, it was one of those that I just went to the net, and those guys were so good that I just, I got to take out the garbage most nights. So, what was hockey like in Nashville at that time? I mean, obviously it's, it's pre-predators, of course, but how did you like Nashville? Uh, you know, I, we love Na- I love Nashville. I was only there for probably a month. Yeah, uh, but it, it was great. It was, it was, it, like you said, it was right near. Like that was the last year of the of the Nashville Knights, so attendance was down. The Predators were coming; they were building the Gaylord Entertainment Center, so it wasn't as cool as it was a couple years earlier when my buddy Murray Garbett, who uh, his brother was my roommate in Medicine Hat, played in Nashville. Um, our trainer in uh, Medicine Hat, Dale King, uh, was the trainer in Nashville the years before. So when I went to Nashville, Kinger's like, "Yeah, you're gonna love it." Like you get treated good, the country stars come out, and you know it was it was it was good. But when I was there, it wasn't quite like that. But definitely going from junior to pro uh, was uh, was definitely a big difference. And I we had some characters on that team too. Uh, Ryan Brown, um, who played with me in Tri Cities, was on that team, and uh, another guy, Tommy McDonald, who was pretty tough, uh, was one of the guys on there. He played in the OHL with Lindros uh, in Sault Ste. Marie. So yeah. Well, you also played. And he with... was my and he was my roommate. So. Oh well, the, yeah. Well, there you go. It was uh, well, Shane Calder, Matthew Rabby were there, and uh, yeah, some tough dudes. But the following year, like, did I read? I, I saw you on Twitter today talking. So the following year, ninety six, ninety seven, you you play in the West Coast League with Reno, and then finish up in Austin. But before that, did you have a tryout in Fort Wayne? I did. I did. Um, so. Uh, Nashville was uh, moved to Pensacola. We were affiliated with Atlanta and uh, Tampa Bay. And uh, they, didn't, they didn't offer me a new contract in the summer or an invite to Atlanta. Uh, so our coach in Nashville, Mark Kumpel, ended up taking the job in Dayton, and they were affiliated with Fort Wayne. So Kumps got me a trout in Fort Wayne. So I ended up going to Fort Wayne, and first shift of my first game, Andy, Andy Bijo comes over and says, hey, I hear you're tough, kid. We're going to go. So puck wasn't even dropped, and we're fighting. And uh, good fight. You know, I think I got the best of them because uh, the next shift, like, you know, there's no penalty. They just, you know, you go to the bench, and you take a break, and you go back out. Next shift, Bijo comes at me again. So we fight again. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm trying to think. There was There was probably – five uh i can't remember all the names but there was five guys that tried out that year that were all rookies like me that ended up being legit tough guys and you know like ihl ahl you know yeah. spent some time in the nhl like that like there was you know max biddendorf was there i remember Maxie hitting somebody with a stick and i was like i'm staying away from this guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah Mac- Maxie's my next guest on this show and he i know he's got a few stories but uh and matt max and i ended up repping together after uh, after our pro careers Yep, we spent a season in uh, refing. So, yeah. Well, imagine the imagine these two working your game. Oh, I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, what, so well then you uh, so you get cut from Fort Wayne and you end up in Reno, of all places. Yeah. <laughs> How did Reno treat you? Oh, Re- you know, Reno. I could go on for an hour about Reno. Uh, Reno was really interesting. Uh, 
I, I got there right before the season started. Uh, I went to Pensacola, you know, played exhibition, uh, you know, which was a gong show. We played Tallahassee and Mobile, and it was just, you know, I don't even know if they we actually played with the puck. It was just fights nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I kind of got screwed there because I didn't go, I didn't sign with them, and I went to Fort Wayne's camp, and Dayton tried to trade with me. So for me, and then it just turned into one of these, like, you know, you're, you know, you weren't, there's no loyalty. And that was the Esposito era in Tampa Bay. So, you know, they were all his people all through the organization. And, you know, uh, it was one of those, it, it just didn't work out. And so I ended up in Reno, Ron Flockhart's our coach GM. Um, and, and I, I should have known right from the get go, what kind of year it was. We, we had our training camp in Stockton and like a mall and like the, the, the mall, uh, ice surface in the mall there and it was just it was it was it was a it was a gong show from from the start and i think we ended up going through 50 players and uh oh i'm just uh, just scrolling through the hockey db thing is just ridiculous yeah yeah and like some of the guys like you know there was tons of guys that came through that ended up playing elsewhere and you know i buddies like steve parsons played there for a bit yep uh we had i don't know if people would remember ron aubrey I was just, are you reading my notes? I was just about to ask you about Ron Aubrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Dancing Bear, Ron yep. Aubrey, and uh, uh, who else? Oh, we just... We so, had uh, Manon uh, played uh, net, Fizel. right? Yeah, Manon Riome, and I got I got a couple Manon stories, I'll tell you, but uh, Brent Fazell was another big guy that, you know, played a little bit in the West League that would fight, so, you know, it just, it was one of these that we we played in the uh, the conference, uh, the conference center, uh, in the Reno Reno Sparks Conference Center, and we hardly had any fans. But the West Coast League was fun. Uh, I had I had 11 goals and 150 pims that year, and uh, I ended up hurting my. I was going to get call. I I had a call up to Utah, and I okay play tonight, and then you're going up to Utah tomorrow. End up hurting my shoulder, and not uh, <laughs> and not and not getting the call up, and kind of that kind of ended, you know, that for me that year. But uh, yeah, we we had Manon and. Uh, which was uh, which was interesting. I uh, we would we would uh, to help attendance with with some of the some of the teams. We'd say we'd start Man Home so they could advertise it and sell tickets. Yeah. And uh, we're in Fairbanks and it's middle of winter and it's you know minus forty outside. It's awful. And uh, Man Home starting the game and we know this. And uh, I think it was four nothing five minutes into the game and they had six shots and I'm. I'm typical Jeremy pissed off and grumpy and mad now. And, you know, it's like our, it's like our fourth game or fifth game on the road that started in San Diego and ended in Fairbanks. So you, you, you know, you go from 70 degrees and on the beach wearing flip-flops to, you yeah. know, <laughs> to, to Fairbanks. So I just, I tell my line mates, uh, I just said, okay, you know what guys, uh, I'm running the goalie. I'm starting to brawl. Uh, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm getting out of here. This is ridiculous. And uh, I end up, uh, I don't, I didn't run the goalie, but, I ended up, you know, kind of jabbing them and sticking them, and you know, big brawl started, and I end up with no no equipment on, and I'm running around chasing guys, and you know, doing everything I can to get punted from that game. So, <laughs> and well, I think we ended up losing nine one or something. And <laughs> Manny Manny played till halfway through the second period, and and I was drinking beer in the dressing room by the second. So, <laughs> how was she accepted overall from by the guys? Like, was that? Uh, it, it it was different. It, it was definitely different. Um, and part of it was her. Uh, you know, she she kind of kept to herself. And, 
you know, it was the year before the, the, the first Olympics. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was, you know, she'd been in Tampa Bay two years prior, right. Kind of thing. And, uh, it, it, it kind of became a sideshow yeah. to be honest. Like, you know, she, you know, obviously she had her own room and then she'd come in right before the game. And, you know, when, uh, the guys would go out on the road, she never came out. Right. Like she, she'd have the team dinner, but that was about it. Right. And, yeah. You know, didn't, didn't really, didn't really, uh, participate as a teammate, let's say, uh, her future husband, Jerry St. Cyr was one of the best guys on our team. He was awesome. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, you know, he, uh, he definitely, uh, we had fun there, but, uh, we ended up doing, uh, if I remember the TV show extra, um, uh, we, they came and did a piece on Manon and, uh, we ended up, I, myself and I think Jamie Adams and, uh, I can't remember who the, who the other, it might've been Ross Harris. They had us come out and, uh, do, uh, take some shots and do things like on the ice with Matt on so they could do this big piece on her. And, uh, we're, we said, okay, you know what, we're going to light her up. Let's do everything we can. Right. Like, and we're, we're just, you know, putting putts in the net and they finally call us over and say, okay, guys, you know, this is about man on, not you. So, uh, let's, let's, you know, <laughs> could you guys help us, uh, have a better, better story. And so we, we ended up, you know, toning it down a little bit and, you know, she was, a, she was a good goaltender, but you know, she was our, she was our backup. Yeah. Well, and now we're talking about the West Coast League in, in the late 90s. <clears throat> of course, San Diego is infamous. And, of course, it all starts with their coach, Martinson, Steve Martinson. But uh, also on that team that year with 500 penalty minutes was Chad Wagner. Did uh, Do you remember playing against him? Oh, yeah. And we fought, I think, three or four times. Yeah. How did yeah, those go? And, uh, they were They were good fights. Like they, you know, it was, it was toe to toe. And, uh, you know, I, I know the first time I, I got the better of him, And then every, every time out, he was coming after me every time after that. And, you know, I, I fought Bruce Shoebottom and, yep. you know, they, they had a bunch of tough guys. And, uh, my, another guy, my wife didn't like was, was Shoebottom. And then we ended up becoming teammates two years later. So, uh, <laughs> and, and Shuey was awesome too. Uh, but yeah, that West coast league, I thought, uh, you know, it was like, it was good. It, like, I thought it was pretty good hockey because most of the guys were older yep. and they paid, you know, they were paying guys, but they're, you know, Fresno had Greg Spinrath and, yep. you know, there was, uh, uh, and there was another guy in, in Anchorage that were tough. Like Chad Richards, you know, there was Chad Richards, Chad Richards. Yeah. 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 So, you know, if but you she... wanted to fight, you, you could, you could fight four or five guys any, any given night. So, yeah. Well, and then you end up uh, at the end of that year, you end up in Austin. In the Western Pro League. Now, how did that all, like, well, what did you think of showing up in Austin in the Western Pro League? Well, you know what, they, uh, they were, they were sitting in second place. Uh, Reno wasn't going to make the playoffs and Reno said, we're going to trade you. I said, okay, great. And, uh, they were going to trade me to Anchorage. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to go to San Diego, right? Like it's either going to be San Diego or Anchorage. And so they said, yeah, we, we got a deal. We can send you to Anchorage. And I called my agent. I'm like, I don't want to go to Anchorage. You know, this is, this is brutal. Right. And, uh, at that time you could jump leagues. And so, uh, Blaine, Blaine Stoughton was the GM and coach in Austin. Uh, and my agent, Mel Bridgman, they knew each other. So, uh, they were making a playoff run and, you know, I had 11 goals and, you know, I think 25 points or 30 points at the time. And so they're like, yeah, why don't you come in? You know, we could use a guy, third line guy with some toughness and, uh, end up going there, and uh, it was it was it was definitely interesting. Um, I came there at the right time in Austin. 
those first two seasons in Austin, we got treated like we were NHLers. Yeah. Never, you know, never waited in line at bars. Uh, Miller, Miller was a sponsor, and if we drank Miller Lite, we didn't pay for beers. Nice. And the fans, wherever we went, fans would buy us drinks. And, you know, the team was team was good. And uh, we had a bunch of, you know, like Paul Wallace and Stouts and, you know, uh, Jimmy Burton. We had some really good veteran players and uh, a great team. And I remember my first road trip we uh, in Amarillo. And we're bussing back. And, uh, you know, guys are in the back of the bus drinking beer and smoking cigars. <laughs> like, you know, it was, it was a country club. And, you know, we... Uh, we had a really good team and we ended up the problem in Austin. Uh, we played in the old Travis County Expo Center, which was a rodeo converted rodeo barn. And the state, the Texas State Fair or the Travis County Fair happens at the end of March or first week of April. So they take up the, they take up the, the Expo Center. So we had to start on the road. So we ended up going to El Paso to start the playoffs. We had home ice advantage and we ended up going to El Paso to start the, start the playoffs and i end up i remember i fought i think i fought rusty mckee the first game and and you know kind of gave it to him and we 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 were we were winning the series and then they came back and beat us but uh, it was definitely we didn't practice for a week because we had no ice in austin (laughs) and south by southwest was on so all we did was party for a week yep and then start playoffs so it was like you know we're going i'm going you know a year ago i'm playing junior and, you know, they, you, you can't take a piss without the okay of your coach, you know, and now it's like, hey, we'll see you at the rink in a week. <laughs> so well, it's so funny because like when I was interviewed, I did Josh Mazer on this show. I had him on and he said the same thing about Austin. It was just like it was a party and it was coming from junior. It was so bizarre. It was just, uh, yeah. But, uh, well, the following, you must have loved it because the following year you're back, 97, 98 with the Austin Ice Bats. And, uh, that year is, uh, famous for the book Zamboni Rodeo by Jason Cohen. He, the author follows the, uh, Austin Ice Bats around for the year. Uh, anybody I suggest go and get the book. It's really good. Um, how was that whole experience? Uh, you know what? It's, uh, it was, it was, it was fun. Uh, you know, obviously there, there, there's a chapter in the book that, uh, that highlight, you know, that I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the main, uh, main character in that one chapter. Uh, we, we had some characters that year and I think it was, it was a great opportunity for, for Jason to, to see, uh, you know, how minor league life was. And, uh, yeah, he was a great guy. Still, I still uh, keep in contact with him and, you know, we, uh, we had a, another really good team. Uh, we were affiliated with Houston to the IHL that year. So, we were getting guys down from Houston that were really good. Uh, you know, we had, we had toughness yep. and, uh, and, uh, you know, we, you know, Ryan Anderson was a beauty. Well, uh, uh, and, and back then we didn't call him skinny. No. Cause he was only 21. So, you know, he was the kid. So, <clears throat> Well, so that's why when I sent you that drive, drive private message, yeah, you sent me back question mark skinny, like who are you talking about? Uh, yeah. yeah, and then I like I totally forgot. Yeah, that's, that's Ryan Anderson, but uh, yeah, you know, and, and I don't think that year Andy played every game, but he he played when he played. You know, he played hard, and you know, he fight anybody. Yo, he had three hundred minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, definitely, uh, it was a it was a different lifestyle, and you know, we. Uh, you know, just just some of the things we we did there was, you know, we were meeting we were meeting country singers and you know uh, became friends with the fiddle player of Asleep the Band, the Sleep of the Wheel, 
uh, Keith O'Brien, which was one of my teammates there, who actually USA Today wrote an article about him because he's a, he was a Harvard uh, or Princeton grad uh, who came to Austin to work for Dell. And then he ended up playing, and he played hockey at, at Princeton, and he would, play, he would play for us when we needed players. So I think he ended up playing 25, 30 games, and he became the computer salesman slash pro hockey player that, you know, got written about. And, you know, there's just lots of stuff that year in 98, 90, uh, yeah, 97, 98 that, you know, kind of became infamous of that Ice Bats team. And uh, one of my best stories was we, Keith and I went out one night. Uh, I had broken, broken my thumb, and the guys were on the road. And, you know, Keith and I go out. We, uh, I get a call from the fiddle player at Sleep of the Wheel. I was like, hey, uh, we're playing a show at the famous La Zona Rosa Cafe tonight. Why don't you know? Why don't you come? He said, "Yeah." So Keith and I went, and uh, after the show, like we get there and they're like VIP, and we go sit in the front row, you know, by the stage. And then this guy, this bouncer, comes gets us. You know, come with me after the show. So we end up going to the back, and ZZ Top's there, and there's a couple other musicians. We end up getting drunk and driving around on ZZ Top's bus and bar hopping all night in Austin. Nice. And, uh, you know, I don't know how we got home, but I don't know if they dropped us off or back in our apartments, but, you know, Keith and I ended up back there. And, you know, to this day, it's, you know, don't have the evidence of it like today's, like my kids would have, like selfies and stuff. But uh, I remember calling Rocky, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, we're on ZZ Top's bus from the bus phone, right? So. <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. Only in Austin. Well, it was, yeah. uh, well, I know you're you're pressed for time, so I'll kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll speed you up here, but, uh uh, the following year, you you uh, you bounce up to the East Coast League and you play for the famous Johnstown Chiefs. What was it like to play in like such a legendary minor league city like Johnstown? You know, at, at first it was uh, it was like you know telling all your friends back home and everybody, hey, I'm playing for the Chiefs, and uh, you know it wasn't where I wanted to end up. I uh, Rocky got me a trial with the Flames that year after after my season at Austin, and uh, uh, I ended up in St. John, you know preseason and that and then ended up in you know when rock got sent down from the flames i ended up getting sent down to the east coast league uh but yeah johnstown was that uh, was great and uh one of the best coaches i ever played for uh was that was our coach there in scotty allen and uh that guy he's with the phoenix coyotes now and uh just a, an amazing coach and you know at the time i probably didn't appreciate what he was trying to do for us uh but looking back now it's like you know that was you know he probably did more for my career and helped me out than i realized so and I think Jody Shelley would probably tell you the same thing. Uh, Jody was uh, was a young guy with us then too. So, yeah. Well, you, yeah. I mean, you had a bunch of fights there, and I mean, against legendary names like how like Trevor Sand, Louis Bedard, Brandon Sugden. Uh, yeah. So Sen, uh, uh, that was early in the year. I was actually playing defense that year for most of that season, and you know, Sen kind of came down, and I roughed him up in front of the net. So. We dropped the gloves, and I ended up breaking his orbital bone in the fight. And, uh, you know, he was out for a couple months, and he, one of his first game backs was against, against us. And, uh, you know, I hit him with the left when I broke his orbital bone. So the next fight, he comes and he grabs my, my left right away, and he ties up my left, and I just start hitting him with rights. I don't think he knew I could throw rights. And it was, it, the fight didn't last too long because I don't, I, don't I don't think he wanted his face, uh, face to not, not heal properly, so. Uh, but we ended up fighting two or three times, and the last couple fights were more, you know, he was just grabbing me kind of thing. And yeah. uh, But Louis Bedard, Hampton brought him in because of the game before. Uh, we were playing in Hampton. They were blowing us out, and uh, 
we had we had a bunch of Europeans that were on contracts with Calgary, and uh, I think I think it was Ernie uh, Derek Ernest, and one other player went out and a brawl started with our Euros, and they ended up beating the tar out of our Euros. So Scotty's pissed on the bench, and so he sends me and Jody and Joel Irving and. Uh, Aaron Kane and I forget who who was the I was playing defense and I forget who my partner was that night, but uh, it might have been Mike Belinga and he says he just says we Tom or it's open season I'll pay the fine. So uh, Dominic Malte was the leading scorer of the East Coast and he played in Hampton, and uh, he was on the ice and I just you know my in my rudimentary French I told him I was going to kill him, and uh, <laughs> by the time the puck was dropped uh, he was laying in a pool of blood and I had taken my elbow pads off and I was just waiting for guys to come. And I ended up uh, getting 10 games after that. Uh, they couldn't get me off the ice. Uh, I went after the goalie. I hit a guy, you know, Joel Irving, the guy was on top of Joel Irving. I kind of, you know, it was more like a Hanson moment from slap shot than anything. And, uh, you know, as I was leaving the ice, I kind of chirped at Brophy. And then the next time we played there a couple of months later, Louis Bernard's there. And uh, Louis and I fought a few times. And there, there's a guy that I, you know, you could hit him with a sledgehammer, and I don't think it's going to hurt him. No. And I actually came out, we fought the first time, and I hit him with everything but the kitchen sink. Didn't make a dent. And then he's chirping into the penalty box, So I and they didn't have glass in the penalty box on Hampton Roads. So I jumped out of the penalty box and went after him in the penalty box. And then we fought again later in the game, and it just was like every time we played them, we fought. And, you know, I just chirped Brophy, and Brophy loses marbles, and... <laughs> well, I was going to say Brophy, well, legendary Brophy, of course, but there's also another guy that was coaching in that league at the time in uh, Nyland. Chris Nyland was coaching there, too, I noticed. Yeah, and uh, actually, Nyland was awesome. Uh, he he had a guy that was pretty tough, but I, he would never fight me or Jody Shelley. And uh, we were playing in Johnstown. It was the night we were wearing the Chiefs jerseys, and it was New Year's Eve, and the Hansons were that there that night, and uh, I forget, it was a French guy, and I can't remember his name, but... Oh, uh, L.P. L- L- Charbonneau. L.P. Yeah, Charbonneau. He wouldn't fight Jody, he wouldn't fight me. Um, my buddy Ryan Brown was on that team, and Caleb Toth was on that team. And uh, they're like, yeah, Tomer, he's not going to fight you, right? And Brownie didn't want to fight. And so Charbonneau ended up going after Mike Valenga, who was a 20-year-old rookie, didn't really fight. Uh, and then my, my good buddy E.J. Bradley, who I go visit in Atlanta every year, he ends up in a fight with a guy, you know, he doesn't fight and he ends up get busting his nose. So I'm pissed. I lose my, I lose my shit at the end of the game. I'm chasing guys around. I go over to the bench and I just said to Nyland, Hey Knuckles, you got anybody in this team that'll fight? Well, Knuckles loses it. We end up with a line brawl and I still end up not squaring off with anybody. I linesmen are pulling me off the ice and in a typical Johnstown fashion, I get third star of the game. So <laughs> how would the, uh, <laughs> There you go. I saw that picture of you wearing the Chiefs jersey. That's awesome. And then the next a couple of weeks later, we're in we're in Chesapeake, and you know I'm just kind of sitting in the stands taping my stick, and Knuckles came, comes over and talks to me, and I'm thinking, oh my god, like what's what's Knuckles going to say to me? And he was he was really cool, and he's like, you know what, that was BS. My team was a bunch of pussies that night, and you know kind of thing, and you know, <laughs> but he was really cool. But and I'm like, hey, I'm I'm just happy like Knuckles Nyland's talking to me, right? So yeah, well, legendary, yeah, but. Um... Well, the uh, the final uh, the final stop on the uh, on the uh, Jeremy Thompson uh, hockey tour ninety nine two thousand United Hockey League with the Knoxville Speed, and your coach was uh, Terry Ruskowski, correct? Yeah, 
Yeah, Roscoe was our coach. Yeah, and he was he was awesome. How did you and, uh, uh, How did you like Knoxville? Oh, we we loved it. We ended up uh, we ended up living there after after I was finished playing, and my daughter was born there, and uh, we still have some really good friends that uh, we we see. I was out there last last winter uh, to visit, and uh, Knoxville was great. Uh, another you know hockey like I think it was their forty seventh year of pro hockey that year, and they had uh, they had you know they didn't we didn't get great crowds, but we had a good loyal following of uh, of uh, of fans and. Uh, another another team that we went through a ton of players before we actually, uh, you know, got our team where it was pretty good. But another, you no, know, Roscoe liked tough teams, and yep. we had some tough guys like uh, Jordan Shaw, uh, Rusty McKee, who I fought in the Western Pro League a few times. He was there. Yeah, uh, yep. and I got a great Rusty McKee story. Yeah, uh, batter. Rusty Rusty was a bit of a, a bit of a, a nut job, and uh, unstable to say the least. Uh, he was fun. He was fun to play with, but, uh, he was always the last guy in the dressing room. And, you know, you were lucky if the guy was wearing a shirt, like most days he was like cut off jeans and flip flops. And, uh, he comes in and he's like 15 minutes before practice and, uh, our, you know, the black Jersey, right. You're, you're an extra. And, you know, he had a, he had a red Jersey in his stall. So we switched it out, put a black Jersey in there and he come in there and lost his marbles. Like, what is this? I'm not an extra. I'm not going to be healthy scratch. Where's Roscoe? We're like, he's up in his office. I'm going to fight that SOB. And he starts running up to Roscoe's office because he's going to fight Roscoe because Roscoe made him a uh, healthy scratch. <laughs> and we had to stop him and tell him it was a joke that we did it to him. And, you know, like three of us had to hold him back. And he, it was so funny. It was like, it was like uh, the old uh, Dorn move in Major League when he puts yeah, the... Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, so we, we always screwed with Rusty and... You know, there was like uh, Alan Thick came and practiced with us one time, and you know, so we, uh, you know, talking with Alan Thick, and Alan Thick had uh, was uh, engaged to Miss Bolivia or Miss Columbia. You know, it was right when he was doing the you know world the Miss World pageants or whatever, and so you know, Rusty leaves practice early and uh, you know ends up in the stands talking to Alan Thick's fiance, like he's wheeling her or something, you know, like and he was it was always something like that with Rusty. <laughs> Well, yeah, you kind of reminds me of the interview I did the other night with uh, Todd St. Louis, Screwy St. Louis. I interviewed him the other night. That was an interesting. Uh, he's a good dude. He had some interesting stories for sure. Um, oh yeah, and it, we just we had a really tough team. Like there was nights where you know I I usually played. I was centering the second line then, and uh, you know you're playing quite a bit and you know having a pretty good year, and then you know. Near an end of a game, Ross would say, "Okay, Tomer, I want you to center Yannick and uh, and Rusty." And I'm like, "Oh God, here we go!" Like I would leave my elbow pads in the in the in the bench. Yeah, well, there, yeah, no, no shoulder pads. Here we go. Well, two names on that on that. I before I yeah, I know you're pressed for time, but I just wanted to ask yeah. you because they're sort of infamous names. Um, with the late Brian Fogarty that you played with. Yeah, Fogey. Yeah. Uh... That, I mean, that guy was uh, he he didn't he didn't play very long with us. Um, no. You know, uh, him and uh, him and uh, Trevor Job were quite the pair together. That was going to be the next question. Next guy I asked you, yeah. And uh, yeah, we uh, Jober Jober uh, the guy, amazing hands. Mm-hmm. I think he still had he might have the record for most uh, you know goals in the minors. Uh, uh, he he was super he was slow, but you know he was so slow that I think it screwed guys up. Like he was, he could dangle guys because he was, you know, the speed was so deceiving and amazing shot. But Fogey, I remember I took a, I take, taking a face off at center ice and he's like, 
Tomer win the draw and watch this. I win the draw, and he one times, you know, we're talking center ice. He yep. one times the, from the draw, top shelf from our blue line. Amazing. And then he just kind of he kind of shrugs his shoulders and laughs and changes. And I think he probably went and had a smoke or something. But <laughs> yeah, well, that was the thing. Just such a it's just a sad story, right? You heard so much potential and. Of course, he had his issues and everything, but yeah, everyone says like unbelievable talent, like just unbelievable. Oh, you know, I, I'm like, why am I? I can't believe I'm on the ice with this guy. Like, there's no, I have, you know, I shouldn't be playing with guys like this. So, <laughs> well, and I, I said that a lot in my career too. And well, hey, you know, like I said, I never thought I was a heavyweight, and I, you know, I fought a lot of heavyweights, but I never, I would have never considered myself a heavyweight. So. Oh, well, you won't you won't say it, but I'll say it. I mean, I've seen the fights and stuff and watched it. Yeah, you could uh, bomb them with both hands. You, you look pretty good to me. But, um, hey, man, I thank you for taking the time. I know you've been pressed for, uh, pressed for time. But, uh, oh, I was yeah, I remember what you were going to say. You have a – I, I want to talk to you about your refing too. Uh, we'll, we'll have to do part two someday. But you we, have we a, can do part two one day, yeah. Yeah, sure. you have that Twitter story you wanted to say. Oh, yeah, so – uh, you know the the Twitterverse. I've kind of uh, I've kind of kind of shied away from it the last couple of years, especially after Rocky uh, was coaching in Edmonton. But uh, uh, one year it would have been 2013, the trade deadline. Uh, Rock was with the Oilers organization. I never tweeted anything about the Oilers or anything, but I just started making up stuff on Twitter, and uh, I ma- I made up uh, I'd made up a confirm you know I had confirmation that Rafi Torres was going from the San Jose Sharks to the Boston Bruins. And, you know, you know, I have, I have solid, you know, you know, a solid lead on uh, contact on this. And I ended up getting retweeted by the Boston, uh, whatever the Herald or whatever in Boston. And then all these people were retweeting it and, you know, it actually started trending. And then someone finally said, why are we, why are we retweeting this story? This guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> and it just, it just went to show that it didn't matter. I just had, you know, 2000 Twitter followers, most of them were hockey people that, someone actually thought that I knew that Rafi Torres was getting traded. Like, you know, I think yeah. I made it up when I was in the bathroom that morning or something, you know, it was just, cause it was getting so ridiculous with uh, Myrtle and those, uh, the, the idiots, uh, the idiots there on, on TSN and they're, you know, trying to make sure a trade gets done kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. Well, it's Jeremy Thompson. He's probably talking to Rocky. Rocky knows something at all. Oh, yeah. I could just see that just going like wildfire. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, it, was just, it was just silly. It was just us being silly. So, well, that's, silly, I say. hey, that's what Twitter's all about. But yeah. hey, man, I uh, thank you very much. This has been great. Thanks for uh, for taking the time to talk, and uh, hopefully, uh, we can get you to come back and do part two because I think you have a lot oh, more definitely. stories. Yeah. Oh, I do, I do, and there's there's a bunch of guys that you know I can tell you that aren't on the hockey guard fight that I did fight, like uh, you know. Um, uh, Garrett Burnett, and you know, there's a there's a ton of guys in the minors that I I ended up fighting that uh, you know are some pretty good stories too. Absolutely, well, we got to get a few Rocky stories from you too. I know you got a few of those, so uh, but, oh yeah, for sure. uh, I I won't keep you any longer. But hey, thank you very much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Hey, no t- no problem. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Have a good night, man. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 